Hello, Deepan. Hi. How are things? I'm okay. What are we going to discuss today? So today, uh, since this is our first recording and first episode of our uh, the Electric Motor podcast, uh, why not to start with the question which I will ask you? Uh, what are the main characteristics that any engineer uh, who is looking to buy a new three-phase induction motor uh, need to look into? Oh, this is a very broad topic. Uh, anyway, let us try to cover the maximum possible uh, characteristics which we can discuss. Uh, first of all, the most important is the power. That what should be the power of the new motor. So normally power is basically derived from the load which we are going to connect to the motor or motor is driving. So uh, normally the load manufacturer, which load may be pump, fan, compressor, uh, agitator, anything. So uh, that manufacturer, they will give normally the power required at the input of the shaft of their equipment. And also uh, they will specify that what kind of coupling is required and the coupling efficiency. So we have to divide the power required at the input of the load shaft divided by the coupling efficiency and then whatever uh, whatever value comes normally we select 20 percent higher rating of the motor so that in future any upgradation is there or uh, overload issues would not come so first based on that uh, we have to first select the power this then second thing is the voltage rating now we know the power what what is the rated power for the motor then uh, we should know that what should be the voltage uh, we know that in our industry normally here uh, in our region it's 415 volt or 690 volt 3.3 kv 11 kv 6.6 kv so based on the motor kilowatt rating we have to select the voltage normally as a thumb rule uh, people are using up to 200 kilowatt they are using 415 volt and uh, 350 kilowatt motor they are using 690 volt the reason being that that if you choose higher rating motor with the lower voltage then uh, current requirement would be more the cable sizing will be more cable voltage drop will be more and uh, losses will also be more so normally as a thumb rule people are limiting to 200 kilowatt for 415 volt and 350 kilowatt for 690 volt then comes the speed of the motor we know the speed of the motor is derived from the number of poles the synchronous speed of the motor there is a standard formula that is 120 into frequency divided by number of poles number of poles is basically how the motor is wound so if it is a two-pole motor, then the speed synchronous speed of that particular motor would be 120 into 50 divided by 2 for 50 hertz, of course, uh, power supply. So it would be 3000 RPM. And then there will be a synchronous speed. So that will be synchronous speed. And then there will be slip frequency, which normally is around 3 to 5%. So the motor uh, speed would be around 2930 to 2950 
that is the rated speed of the motor at the rated power so depending upon the speed requirement of the load we have to select the motor uh, if sometimes the maximum speed for 50 hertz uh, uh, frequency we can get is two pole motor which is 3000 rpm if uh, some motor manufacturers or some pump manufacturer or load manufacturer they need some odd speed or more than 3000 rpm then sometimes they use gearbox also so we have to consider gearbox efficiency for deriving the power of the motor and uh, if we need variable speed during our operation then we have to go with the variable frequency drive sometimes people are not using induction motor but they are using synchronous motor or dc motor uh, for other various reasons like requirement of the high torque or much more uh, variation in the speed but anyway variable frequency drives are very very common nowadays and very popular then comes the torque the torque is also basically there is a load torque curve for each kind of load and that is also given by the load manufacturer for pump compressor fan etc uh, we have to design the motor suitable to that particular load torque and they will also give what is the starting torque and what will be the running torque so motor is to be designed accordingly motor manufacturer is to be informed that this is the load torque uh, requirement if we select the motor which is not suitable to that particular torque then motor may stall during starting uh, sometimes it happens that for smaller applications, small motors, uh, we don't have the load torque curve if the equipment is very old and we cannot find in our documentation. In that case, we normally inform the motor manufacturer that this is the pump or compressor or fan and this is the type of coupling. So accordingly, motor manufacturer for smaller motor, they can still provide the motor suitable to our load but it's always better and preferred to give the load torque curve. Okay, Demand, thanks, that was useful. So let me add uh, more details regarding other characteristics, uh, starting with the frame size. So uh, the frame size, uh, as defined by IEC standard, uh, describes the height of, from the uh, center of the motor shaft uh, up to its base. Uh, so you can see in the standard different frame sizes uh, such as a 70 or 90L or 132S or sometimes M. So it is uh, normally a combination, it could be a, a digit uh, or it could be a combination of numbers and uh, letters. So the alphabet uh, describes the distance between the mounting holes of the motor. So if there are two alphabetic letters written at the end of the frame size, they indicate that there are two available distances between the mounting holes of the motor at each of its foot. Once a kilowatt voltage level and number of balls uh, have been decided uh, from the manufacturer catalog, uh, available frame sizes for that particular motor can be seen. Uh, so, for example, uh, an 18.5 kilowatt uh, two bulls motor uh, could be available in uh, two different frame sizes, such as 160L and 180S and M. So, in this case, uh, the suitable frame size need to be looked into. Uh, however, the bigger the frame size is, uh, the more 
better it is for cooling but of course it would cost more uh, second is uh, the uh, EX rating for motors. Diban, uh, do you know uh, that in hazardous areas, uh, we need to install an EX Blusion proof rated motors. Sometimes we call them EX rated motors uh, for uh, as a short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hazardous area identification and enclosure permitted in the hazardous area is very lengthy topic. Shall we cover it now or shall we cover it in the next topic? At least uh, let me go briefly through this topic. I will not give the details. Maybe we can uh, dis uh, discuss them in a separate episode. There are various classifications uh, for uh, explosion-proof motors, but they are all based on the atmosphere or the zone or the area where the motor will be uh, installed. So these motors are used for hazardous areas only where uh, an explosion of gas or dust uh, uh, could be present. So for uh, areas where we don't expect explosive gas or dust to be present, we don't normally go for EX-rated motors, but we go normally for uh, normal motors. So when it comes to classification of areas or atmosphere, uh, there are uh, three classifications. Uh, one first one is uh, described as zone zero. So zone zero is an area where uh, there would be a permanent presence of uh, explosive atmosphere. So if the explosive environment uh, gases or dust become present due to an incidental release uh, in normal operation, then the area is classified as zone one. But uh, if they get released uh, uh, in an abnormal uh, operating conditions, then the area is classified as zone two. So for each different area classification we have a different class of ex motors that can be installed so for zone zero normally you would not see uh, electric motors installed uh, but for zone one you could be you could see an exd motor so exd is uh, a class or a type of an ex rated motors so we have exd or exe or you can also see exde or exb motors while for zone two uh, you can install, of course, all the ones that we mentioned, uh, all the types that can be installed in Zone 1 can be installed in Zone 2. However, there are types, uh, specifically EXNA, which can be installed in Zone 2, but is not allowed to be installed in Zone 1 as per the standards. Uh, in, uh, the, in recent revision of IC standard uh, a few years ago, uh, EXNA rating uh, has become EXEC, while EXE has become EXEB. And maybe we'll give details later about it. So let me just uh, describe briefly what this letter means. So we mentioned that for Zone 1, you can install an EXD motor. So, so EXD is also described as a flame-proof motor. So what does that mean? It means that the motor enclosure is designed such that no internal explosion inside the motor can be transmitted or released to the uh, explosive atmosphere around the motor. So the enclosure has to withstand without damage any pressure level uh, caused by internal explosion inside the motor. We also talked about EXE, uh, which is uh, permitted for uh, Zone 1. So EXE is described as an increased safety motor. It means that the enclosure of the motor is designed to prevent uh, occurrence of sparks or arcs or hotspot while the motor in service and to prevent them from uh, reaching the self-ignition temperature of the atmosphere around the motor. 
Of course, the idea is to ensure that an explosion would not occur. Also, uh, I mentioned before that EXDE is one of the classes that can fit in Zone 1. So EXDE is actually a combination of EXD and EXE. So it's a motor with a flame-proof body and have uh, an increased uh, safety design preventing sparks and arcs. So it's uh, a motor with additional uh, protection level. So next we have EXP. So B is short for pressurized. Such motors are provided with an external purging unit. The unit is used before starting the motor and during its operation. It is fed with a separate airline or nitrogen supply to ensure that the interior of the motor remain free of any atmospheric uh, gas or dust coming inside of it. So it will remain, uh, it will have a positive pressure compared to the external atmosphere. And lastly, we have EXN motor, which is described as a non-sparking motor. So this motor is allowed in zone 2 only, uh, so it's not allowed in zone 1. So non-sparking means that the motor is designed such that no spark would occur in normal operation as long as the motor work within the specifications provided by the manufacturer. Yeah, Abdul Qadir, that was very, very nice information and it was very, very relevant because nowadays all the industries, we are having the hazardous areas and it's really important to select the correct motor, otherwise it may lead to an accident. Yeah, Deepan, thanks for the note. So we have also to talk about uh, the surface temperature of the motor, which is part of the EX classification of motors. So surface temperature is uh, part of EX classification and tagged by the letter T followed by a digit. So it can be a motor can be classified as T1 or T2 up to T6. So surface temperature describes the maximum temperature that the surface of the motor can reach. So here we are talking about the surface temperature, not the winding temperature. Uh, so T1, uh, as per IC standard, uh, is equivalent to 450 degrees Celsius. T2 is equivalent to 300 degrees. T3 is equivalent to 200 degrees. And you can see that the higher the letter, the lower the maximum surface temperature that the body can reach. So the higher the T value you would have, the, the better the motor would be in the sense that its surface temperature will reach only a lower degree. So to, cl to clarify why is this considered as part of the explosive proof rating of motors, the atmospheric gas uh, or dust around the motor could get ignited at a certain temperature value. So a motor with T3 class cannot reach 200 degrees Celsius. So if the motor is installed in an area where the hazardous gas can get ignited at temperatures less than 200 degrees, then T3 class should be avoided at all cases. And the user has to go for T4 or higher classes. So Diban, let's finish this with the, talking about uh, motor mounting and significance of ambient temperature. Oh yeah, motor mounting is also important because many times we see the load which are uh, not directly installed on the ground, but they are installed at some odd locations. Also, motor manufacturer would like to know that what kind of mounting we need for that motor. 
we we know that we have a different kind of motors where the shaft is horizontal or parallel to the ground or sometimes motors are such mounted that shaft is vertical or 90 degree to the ground so ic has specified each type of mounting for every motor so we have to inform the motor manufacturer we have to select motor accordingly now i can give some examples like it's a foot mounted horizontal motor with the foot on the, on the ground they are designated as imb3 or im1001 both are the same then if the foot mounted horizontal motor but foot is mounted on vertical wall or vertical structure then it's a imb6 or im1051 if foot mounted horizontal motor with foot mounted on the top means you are putting the motor upside down so that is called imb8 or im1071 if there is a foot mounted vertical motors with drive end side at the bottom it's a vertical motor and we are keeping the drive end at the bottom side then it is called imv5 or im1011 we have different kind of vertical motors one are foot mounted some are the flange mounted so we are talking about right now foot mounted motor vertically downwards that is imv5 then foot mounted motors with the vertically upwards means drive end side is on the top so that is imv6 if there is a flange mounted motor but the shaft is horizontal mean motor is connected with some other equipment horizontally so that is imv b5 then if it is a flange mounted motor with large frame and vertical motor with the fan on the top or the drive end side is at the bottom that is imv1 and flange mounted with the large frame and vertical motor with the with the drive end side on the top that is imv3 actually it's no need to remember this but all the motor manufacturer in their catalog they mention with the photograph that what kind of mounting they are providing so we have to see that particular photograph and we have to decide that okay i need this kind of mounting so based on where the motor is going to be installed the mounting is to be decided let us discuss about the design ambient temperature design ambient temperature also is very very significant parameter to inform to the motor manufacturer normally in this region which is hot and humid the temperature goes around 50 degree in the summer month generally a motor manufacturer they design the motor at 40 degree ambient so what would happen that if we install some motor which is designed for 40 degree ambient in our atmosphere which is hot and humid the motor may overload in the summer month the motor normally there you know that insulation of the motor is class normally they are providing class f insulation which means that it can withstand up to 155 degree and they are limiting temperature lies limited to class b which is 135 degree suppose motor is insulation class b that means its insulation can withstand up to 120 degree and then 10 degree there is a hot spot margin now if this motor is designed for 40 degree ambient and it's a insulation class b that means temperature rise of the motor will be 120 minus 40 so 80 degree and 10 degree suppose we forget right now about the hot spot so it is 120 degree 
Now, if we install this motor with the 50 degree ambient, then the temperature rise will be the same. That is 80 degree, 80 degree Celsius, and then plus 50 degree Celsius ambient. So the temperature rise will go up to 130 degree for the winding. So which will be difficult for the winding to withstand the temperature for longer duration. Also, we can see that the temperature class of the motor, suppose temperature class of the motor is T3, that means surface temperature will be limited up to 200 degree, but that motor is designed for 40 degree ambient. And we are installing in 50 degree ambient. That means surface temperature will go 10 degree more. So it may not be suitable for the surrounding gas. Hence, it is very, very important that we have to inform motor manufacturer about our environment and we have to inform them the correct temperature for which the motor will run, the maximum temperature in any of the calendar year that we are going to observe. Yeah, Diban, thanks a lot. That was really informative. Really appreciated. Okay. Then I hope it's done for this time. Yes, uh, I will edit the episode, of course, and uh, uh, then I would publish it. Uh, so enjoy your day and thanks so much.